welcome to the Tailored Creative Podcast. This is a show where I get to chat with all kinds of interesting people, and today I get to talk to one of my church's pastors, Steve. I loved this conversation. We talk all about how he got started in theater and audio, along with some fascinating theater stories, the importance of a good production, and how our church's audio production had to pivot and improve drastically in the past couple years. And if none of that interests you, his stories are pretty funny, so consider this a fun story treasure hunt. One of Steve's many talents is communication, and he was sure a fun guest to chat with. The musical piece you hear behind me is called East Nashville by Lance Allen, at Guitar Lancer on Instagram. His instrumental music is my favorite, and you can find his music on Spotify or at lanceallenmusic.com. All right, time for my conversation with Steve. This is Steve, and he runs audio for our church. Um, Steve, how did you get involved in audio? It's an interesting story. I did not always work in audio, um, but I got started in theater, actually, uh, because because of a girl. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a strange story. Uh, yeah. I was... And I was an actor. I did a lot of work on stage for about six or seven years uh, through high school, mostly. And uh, senior year in high school, there was a girl that I was interested in. And she said, hey, would you love to join? Would you like to join stage crew? And I was like, what's that? And so I joined and I was hooked. Um, we broke up and uh so I'm much better for that because <laughs> met my wife several years later. But anyway, um, that's how I got started in theater. And uh, it progressed and I got some other jobs doing other things and became assistant technical director at the theater and had my own sound company, all that kind of stuff. So kind of an interesting story. That's awesome. I had no idea you were in theater. What was your favorite play and what did you do? Oh, um, I did uh, several shows. As an actor, I did The Wizard of Oz. I played the wizard. I was really? in The Music Man as a general cast member. I was in Oklahoma and played the farmer. Um, I don't remember all the characters, but the farmer's daughter who marries the main character, I was that farmer and uh, did singing and dancing and all that kind of stuff. So. I think probably my favorite show to do was Anything Goes, uh, which was senior year. Did I played <laughs> again another interesting story? I played a drunk, and um, <laughs> I went to a public school, and it was apparently I was so convincing the drama teachers had to have a conversation with my parents <gasps> to make sure that I was. Um, why was I so good at this? And turns wow. out it was just because of apparently my acting ability because it wasn't because I was under the influence or anything like that. But um, my mom was like, I'm sorry, my son's good at what? That's <laughs> and, amazing. Uh, it was a funny story. So I almost I... fell off the stage. It was really one of those kinds of things too. Wow. You were really committed to the part. Yeah. <laughs> I I did... Um, Drama acting in high school, we were we did a um a high tea a madrigal dinner is what they called it. But 
I was never good. I wasn't as sure as sure of myself then. And so I was never good at acting. So then I became part of the stage crew. I, I've been wanting to get back into theater because I think I'd be better now than I was then. Oh, there's so much we learn um, as we mature and as we discover ourselves. And um, I was not nearly as I mean, I sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but I was terrible. No, no. Um, and um, and I just I just but I love to do it. And so when you love something, you just keep at it. You take all the stage notes, all the director's notes, and you just try to do your best. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. That's what I'm doing with this show. Taking all yeah. the notes, learning That's all I great. can. Yep. Yeah. So and that kind of leads me into how did you get so you did audio for the theater? Yeah. So in theater, I started off running sound, did sound, stage lighting, uh, some set design, did um, mm. what we call fly space, which is all the curtains that come in and out. Um, I mm -hmm. became assistant technical director and then got involved. I worked at a reggae club for two summers um, and learned learned a lot about life and yeah. got a taste from as, as an observer uh, from, you know, about drug culture and just all of that where I was working. Really interesting. Learned a lot about the world in that experience. And then um, so that was in theater and working at the reggae club, worked at uh, some other shows down on the beach in South Jersey and that kind of thing, which is where I grew up. And then I got a call that uh, they were looking for someone to run sound at uh, at the church, the church where I uh, now work. And um, this was about 20 years ago. The church was looking to move to a new building. They were going to have a new facility with a brand new sound system, and they didn't know where to start. We had just started doing what then we called our contemporary worship service. And so it had drums and a lot more electric guitars and, and electric bass. And so there was a much different feel that was needed to start mixing. And so I got a call, wanted to know if I was interested, applied, and, and that's how I got started really in church work, um, taking what I had learned in theater and in professional theater, working with a lot of big name groups and, and taking that then into, into the church environment, which at the time it was like a dream come true, you know, um, taking what yeah. I had learned in the secular world, what I had learned in theater and and the reggae club from a sound perspective and taking those technical skills and knowledge and applying that to in the church setting was was incredible so a lot of it's fun. amazing yeah it's amazing that we never know what experience we gain along the way how that will be used in the future it's so cool that that that's been able to be used so when you join the church did um was the staff kind of like it is now did you have different people there <laughs> uh that's a great question i think there's probably only two people on staff now as part of our church staff that were mm -hmm. on staff then um yeah that and, shows longevity on your part yeah, and my role has changed over the years. I well, sure. came on as a part-time person, part-time audio video coordinator, and then as I grew and as I learned more and as uh, God allowed me opportunity to gain some experience in a lot of different areas as far as communications and graphic design and other areas of technology, 
my position expanded so that I could become full-time and, and, and doing that now. But, you know, we have a totally different pastoral staff. We have a totally different youth ministry and children's ministry staff. Um, a lot of uh, the church, other church leaders, like church elders and things like that, a lot of those guys are still there, which is great and speaks to the longevity of, of the church, which is which is kind of fun. Yeah, I, I've told you before, I love the staff. I love everything you guys do. Even when I don't agree with you, you, you all handle everything in such a great way. And it's I learn a lot in how to be a leader by watching all of you. Well, I appreciate that. You know, in the in the moment, we don't always um, know. There's no manual for this. I mean, there's no manual for for church leadership. Oftentimes, so you just sort of have to figure it out and trust God with um what He's going to do with what He gives us and and the decisions we make. So, yeah. So when we shut down for a few few months for COVID, um, we had to go strictly online and you had to go from mixing in person to mixing online. So I'd love for you to talk about what software you use to mix in, um, in church and then how you had to pivot to go online. Yeah. Okay. So pre pre COVID, we were not live streaming at all. Mm-mm. It was, it was not on my radar. Um, I was, I had no interest in doing it whatsoever. Um, in in That's my funny, mind, it, I wanted it. <laughs> Yeah, sure. You know, and a lot of churches were doing it. It was something mm-hmm. that was um, up and coming. I mean, there's other churches in our area that I'm very close with, and I know their staff, and I know their technical people, and they were doing it already. And it wasn't on my radar, not because I had any sort of philosophical reason against it. I I just didn't have the time. I didn't have the volunteers. Sure. I didn't have the equipment, and so. When COVID happened and we shut down, I remember being in a staff meeting. We were all gathered in an office watching the news as things, you know, as these announcements and shutdowns were being announced and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, everybody looked to me (laughs) and I was like, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm going to figure out how to live stream. You know, and I've got 72 hours to do it, you know, and, um, oh my word. And, and funny thing is, I was also planned to preach that Sunday. So I had already prepared my message. This is how good God is. I had already prepared my message for the week or for the sermon, you know, for that Sunday. And so I didn't have to worry about that. Now it was, now I've got to figure out how to live stream and record. And I didn't have cameras, I didn't have any of that. And so, Prior to COVID, we have a digital soundboard, which allows us to mix the sound uh, using digital processors and all that kind of stuff. We have the faders and the sliders, and you can do all of that with with the board. Um, and we um, were able to take a, a line off of that soundboard and plug it into a computer. And then we use wow. that to then uh, broadcast out. Now. Over since COVID started, and while even through this, if we want to call it a post-COVID world, whatever, we have changed our technology. We've changed our cameras. We've changed some of our equipment because now we kind of know what we're doing a little bit. Um, we know a little bit more about about it all. But we started off with a camera that I bought off Amazon, 
and a little tiny device and we plugged it in and that's what we started with. Now That'll it's a little bit somewhere. more. Yeah, that's right. Um, now it's a little bit more complicated and, um, but we use a software now called Livestream Studio. And Livestream de- Studio, you said? Yeah, yeah, Livestream okay. Studio. And it is designed for doing live streaming broadcast. Um, you, can, you can record with it if you want to do video recordings or webcam recordings, those kinds of things. But it is designed to broadcast out to social mm-hmm. media. You can broadcast to YouTube. You can broadcast to Facebook or you know, Twitch or some of those other platforms, you can do all of that through this software. Um, can you mix it with that? No, uh, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, you, We do the mix on the soundboard that's next to mm-hmm. our computer and do all the mixing there. We, we're mixing, it's interesting, we, we do one mix for the people that are in the room and mm-hmm. then we do a totally separate mix for what people hear on the on the recording or on the live stream. And there's nuances that are totally different between mixing for live in person versus live stream. They're very different. And so um, we send a feed off the board into the computer and we actually set it on a delay. Uh, There's about a five second Mm. delay on the feed so that we can match the audio to the video. Otherwise, it looks like, you know, looks like there's subtitles or something, you know, um, and we have to dial that back so that, um, it's, it's five milliseconds, not five seconds, five milliseconds. So we can line up the, the lips of people speaking and singing with what actually is being fed from the board. So a little bit behind the curtain there on how that works. Um, that's amazing. The, the science behind it is fascinating. I, my father is really experienced. He's done audio for years and years. Um, he's brilliant at it. And he early on, he was going, well, why, why, why is it not, um, mixed on the video? He said in that church, they've got to have somebody who can do that. And I said, Steve does a great job and it's mixed in the room, but, but we just didn't have anybody at that time to do it on video. Yeah. And it, we started off with whatever was in the room, Mm -hmm. we fed to the feed and we weren't doing a separate mix because we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, you know, and now we yeah. we have a separate, it's a totally separate mix. And we, we try, you know, we're, sure. we're mixing through headphones. You know, we, yeah. we put a set of headphones on and if I'm using decent headphones, I can mix accordingly and I can hear the, the drums and I can hear the bass and I can hear, you know, the different instruments through the headphones. Mm-hmm. If you're listening at home and you've got a, you know, a cheap pair of $10 Walmart headphones, you're not going to hear all of the same things. You know, sure. you know, when I'm mixing in the room, I know what I have. The speakers that I put in, the 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 acoustics of the room all are a contributing factor to how that sound sounds in the room. I don't know what you're listening to at home. Some people are listening to on their phone, some people are listening mm-hmm. through their TV, some people have surround sound systems, some people have the sound bars. They, you know, some people are using yeah. headphones, whatever. So that part I can't help. But what I can help is what I'm, what I perceive to be a good mix, in my opinion, from the board, based sure. on what I'm hearing, and and sending it out to the feed. So, but there's Makes there's sense. a lot of there's a lot of variables, mm-hmm. a lot of factors. Yeah, the I I wasn't saying it. Just you couldn't tell early on. You couldn't 
we knew that you were doing the best you could. Um, sure. But when did you start? Like, how long ago did you start mixing it yourself? I want to say after we had done, I think once we kind of figured out that COVID wasn't going to go away anytime soon. Um, yeah. That was a hard we, couple of months. Yeah. Um, and and we're, we're doing it to an empty room, right? So we were... We're mixing mm-hmm. to an empty room, which was strange. Um, but anyway, we we had somebody in the church who was very generous say, you know what? COVID's not going to go away. Um, I think you guys could do this better if you had the right equipment. And so somebody gave several thousand dollars specific, specifically for us to buy new cameras, a new computer, a new setup, and totally redid everything. And that was probably about eight months into COVID. Um, wow. Somebody said, look, you guys could do a lot better if you had the right tools, and I'm going to help you do that. And whoever that person is out there, thank you. I don't know who they are, but yeah. you know, I thank God for you because they that was an investment. And that allowed us then to branch out and say, okay, now we have decent cameras. Now we have a system that we can control better than what we started with. And now we have more control over the mix and now we can do more. Now, again, mixing sound is a very subjective science, Mm -hmm. if you will. It's an artistry. Um, I can teach someone what the buttons do. I can teach them what the mechanics are, but there is an art, there's an ear, there's a, you know, what, what you think sounds good is going to be different than what I think sounds good. And some of that's just taste. Some of it is an affinity for music, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I can do the best I can to teach you the mechanics. So when another volunteer or somebody else is mixing, they're going to mix based on what they think is a good mix. And it may or may not be, in my opinion, what's a good mix. So there's sure. some of that that needs to happen and some of that training and things like that. So, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're still learning. It's, it's one of those things we're still learning, still trying to figure out how it goes and how it works and work, what works best and what we need to change. I was on worship team for last year and um, right. I remember being, <laughs> being at home during COVID wishing I was part of the worship team. I had planned to be part of it and then the world shut down, but all I wanted was to be at church. So I really wanted to, to just, you know, sneak on the worship team just to be there. Um, yeah, because it's, I it's it so strange. Much. It's very strange in an empty room. You know, it's, yeah. it's your, the band's up there playing, you're preaching to an empty room. There's nobody there, you know, and, and as an extrovert, <laughs> I, I love to mm. kind of gain energy from the crowd. And when there's nobody there, it, it just, it's strange. It's strange. Yeah. I, you know, knowing how much goes into it, being part of worship team, I got to experience how much you do, um, which just makes me respect you a whole lot more. And that's why I kind of wanted to hear your background because I knew, I knew you didn't just start, you know, a couple of years ago. You can tell you have all the years of experience behind you. You know, it's interesting you say that because sometimes it kind of feels like I'm just figuring it out as I go. And I think really anybody who's in sound, we always want to progress. We always want to get better. But one of the things that I have heard said in church, sometimes our church, sometimes other churches, it's like, well, if it's good enough for church, then 
that's okay. You know, almost like hmm. we set the bar so low for church that as long as as long as the microphone turns on, that's all that really matters. That's and so sad. It is. It really is. Now, my experience from working in theater is from a production standpoint. We sure. we work from a, a place of we strive for no errors, no miscues. We want to do our absolute best because people have paid money to see our show. Mm-hmm. And so from a production standpoint, I want the highest level. Um, I, I'm not asking for perfection, although that would be great. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a production where there's a, the least amount of distractions as possible. And so mm-hmm. when I translate that from a production environment, um, from a paid production theatrical, theatrical environment to now church work, if, and this is the thing, like we could get spiritual here, right, Taylor, where, um, if, if I'm running sound to an empty room, I don't have anybody that are, paying customers. I'm using air quotes here, you know, sure. uh, on the radio here. But but the idea is though that it's not about the people. Church work right. is about the Lord. It's about worship through the technical arts. It's about worship through um through our work, through our production. And so why should I settle for mediocre? And why should I strive for mediocre when I should be trying to perform and do my best for God and and do that to honor him and to worship him in everything that I do. So so that excuse of or that that mantra that statement where people say well it's that's good enough for church that's fine for me. Well, no, it should be church should should start with a position of let's do our best because that's how we honor God. So that's what I strive for when I talk to my teams. Look, we're not always going to get it right. We're not going to be perfect and and that's okay. But the idea is from a production standpoint is to honor God in in our work and what we do and to eliminate distractions so that the congregation can worship. And and we don't want them to be distracted by something that we could avoid in from the production standpoint. So that's that's sort of where I where I stand on some of those kinds of things. Yeah, I will tell you, being part of our church is a blessing to me in so many ways, having both you and Dave as pastors, but um, and Daryl leading. I, I've known Daryl since high school. He was our high school's band leader, and he's incredible. Um, but getting to... I actually really like being part of the crowd versus being on worship team. If I was part of a choir, I would have the same experience. But being in the crowd, I often stop singing and just listen to everybody around us because between what you're doing and what the worship team's doing and what everybody is singing, it's kind of a taste of heaven in in a way. Um, It's just beautiful. And I, I often think, man, God, do you hear that? Because, you know, whether people's hearts are in it or not, I, I hope they are, but the voice is lifting up. It's just a reminder that worship is part of being together. And that's what, what I missed during during the shutdown was we didn't have that. You know, you're sitting at home watching a video. You're not with your people. Um, right. And you do such a good job of bringing that experience to life. Yeah, there's, I mean, corporate worship is, corporate is such a harsh word, but it's about community. It's about mm-hmm. being together. It's about that fellowship. It's about like, we're in this together. And, and, you know, 
it's interesting you say that about just listening to the other people. I had a similar experience that, so a couple of things, like I had a similar experience that when I was overseas, um, and I, mm-hmm. I find that to be super impactful when I am on a missions trip and I am with other Christians working at a, not working, but, you know, worshiping at another church with other people mm-hmm. and they're singing in their language. That's yes. where you really get a sense that, um, worship is not about me. It is about, um, honoring God and, and worshiping him together as, as we have different languages here from a production standpoint, mm-hmm. I find it really difficult. In, in fact, this is going to sounds sad and I don't mean it to, but it's really difficult when you're on the production team to worship. Sure. And I'm sure you probably I feel something feel similar when you're on the worship team. Like you've got, to, am, am I remembering the words? Am I supposed to stand, stand them or seat them? Um, how much time do we have left? Are we going over? Oh, uh, that microphone is running out of batteries. Uh, this guy's walking up. So I got to make sure his mic is on. Oh, this is too loud. That's, you know, you, you, you I get distracted by all the production elements, because I'm making sure that that's happening so that other people can worship. So from my perspective, it's really difficult to worship. So I totally get it when you said, you know, you prefer being in the, excuse me, in the crowd or like in the congregation, because that's when you, you get to worship, you get to hear the, the church together and and church with a big C um, to, Mm -hmm. to worship and to, be part of something that's bigger than just me and bigger than just this local expression of the global church. And, and that's why traveling overseas is so, so awesome. I, I love that too, because that's where I get to experience it. Cause then I don't have to work. I'm not trying to figure out the production elements. I'm there as a fellow church member, you know, and, and able to engage in worship. Yeah, we need to get you some weeks off so that you can experience it yourself. That that's that's it. Being hearing um I think Chris Tomlin does some videos where they sing in a different language but they sing a song you know. So take how great is our God and and they sing it in a different language. And that to me is always the clincher because everybody's singing the same thing but it's all in different languages, but it's you're singing to the same God, you're singing the same words. Yeah. Um it's just an amazing, an amazing thing. I've had people tell me, why, why aren't you back on worship team? And, and honestly, that's part of it is I miss being able to worship and focus the way I can when I'm in my seat versus up on the platform. If I'm up on the platform, I'm very distracted. I'm distracted by what's going on. I love seeing people worship, but I'm distracted by making sure I'm doing everything right. Singing the right note. I mean, God forbid I sing something wrong. I'm, I'm singing into a mic. And so when you're part of a choir, it's a little bit different. Um, It's a little forgiving. A little bit. (laughs) It's a little more uh, forgiving when you're in a choir, but yeah. Yeah. Or when Daryl has me hitting the high notes that I can't hit. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it's just a different, different thing. I love, I love worship, but I really love being in my seat for it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so what have you learned about God? Maybe that I don't know by doing audio. Oh, hmm. it's a great question. One, I think from a technical artistry standpoint, I believe that God values the arts and and God values mm. there's a reason why God wired me and made me the way that he did. And so yep. to be able to use the experience that he gave me 
Mm-hmm. He, I, I had very little to do with, I think, the experiences in my life. That sounds fatalistic, and that's not how I intend it to sound. But, but God had a, a journey and had a story for me and, and a path and a plan. And so I kind of followed. And so the fact that I get to learn about God and how he values the arts. I mean, you know, we, you just look at anything, you know, if you read the Bible from um, cover to cover, or you look in different passages in, in scripture where sound played a part or light played a part. Um, to me, that's very valuable because as a technical artist, I read that and I go, oh, well, God didn't need to have a microphone or something, you know. So so that wasn't the important, the technology wasn't the important part. It was the spoken word. It was the word of God that mattered. And so yeah. from a technical standpoint, I that's one of the reasons too why I think it's so important for good, clean audio. That's why it's so important for technical artists to take their job seriously because we have a responsibility to make sure that people hear and understand the word of God in in what we do. And and so we need to be on our game and and not be a hindrance. God can do far more and he could, you know, mm-hmm. uh, turn around my mistakes, no problem. But but the fact that we get to be part of that message going out is really important. And so what I love and what I get to learn about God through all of this is that he values that and that there there's yeah. as a technical artist I'm not a second rate artist because I use light or sound in order to create my my art or or you know to engage in worship through art um God values that just as much as he values any of the other arts that are out there and, and that's so important yeah yeah, we were. I, we just had my family and I had the priv- privilege to go to Sight and Sound. And um, oh. if someone doesn't know, it's a live theater um, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and it, I believe in Missouri. And um, yep. they put on a hu- huge production of Bible stories come to life. And usually they'll run one for about a year. Um, and right now they're running David. And the way they do the the music and the production and you're a theater guy so you know i mean the stage the props the actors the dancing everything is centered around worship and and telling the story well now they take religious liberty a little bit but um the music and the voices i mean it is basically broadway for for a christian story um oh it's fantastic it's incredible um, yeah yeah the and the level at which they do it um yes. you know it's it's not it's not church work, you know, as, as I was kind mm-hmm. of alluding to earlier, they take it to a whole new level. And in fact, I know somebody who works out there backstage yeah. and he he's into robotics, actually. And and they use some robotics in. Oh, yeah. In, in what they do. And he helps design those things. He helps to make that there. Amazing. At Sight and Sound, which is which is really cool. Talk about. I applied for their design team. Really? That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Didn't I, get it, but I yeah. applied. <laughs> I would love, I think it's on my, if, if I had a bucket list, which I don't have one, but maybe I should start to create one. It would be to do a a backstage tour of Sight and Sound. Oh, you got to do it. We did it. I was really you young. Did we did it. Yes, we did um, in in the beginning. It was from Adam and Eve. And um, oh, so just a couple. I never saw that one. 
Never saw no, that. No, so we did the behind the scenes tour and then saw the show. So it was cool to know kind of oh, the, man. the things. But so like for Noah's Ark, they had a lot of real animals. So basically you're sitting in your seat and we like to get seats up high because you can actually see more. Sure. Um, yeah. Being on the floor is cool too because you get animals running by you and all kinds of things. But they had a lot of real animals and then some animatronic ones. I think that's the right word, but they look real. Yep. They move and act real. Yep. They have um, people. So one at some part of the stage and one higher up at some part of the stage and they'll have treats and they'll have birds fly from one to the other. Oh, it's um, so cool. Yeah. And they had angels coming down the aisles on Heelys. They have people um, strapped in harnesses and whatever coming down as angels flying from the ceiling. It's amazing. Oh, it's incredible. And, and that's the yeah. kind of stuff that I did in theater before, right? Yeah. So designing these set pieces, trying to figure out safely how to fly. We, we tried to fly Peter Pan in once and we actually, <laughs> we had to stop because the insurance was like too big of a deal, you know, but, Goodness. but that's the, that's the cool thing. And so that's where I, you know, I've seen several of their shows, both on TV, you know, they've, they've streamed some of yeah. them or broadcast them on TBN and things like that, which I've seen, but, and I've seen a couple of shows live. And I would love to do a backstage tour. That is my thing. You know, interesting story. When I first got into sound, I would go around to different concerts and different bands that I had followed, you know, when I was in high school and things like this. And no kidding, I went to a, a concert with a friend of mine who was not into sound. He invited me to come with him. He had an extra ticket. So we went to go see this band down in Philadelphia. And the entire time I'm looking all around, I'm like, <laughs> oh, look at those speakers. Do you see those lights? Do you know what kind of lights are? My dad does that. And, yeah. and do you see that over there? And finally, he just said, Steve, shut up. Shut <laughs> up. I can't, I can't enjoy and understand the concert when you keep talking about all the technology and just just stop. And I was never invited back to another concert again. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but, but it was so much fun. That's the kind yeah. of stuff that just you know puts fire in my belly, particularly – like what Sight and Sound does, where they get to do mm -hmm. it for for kingdom um, kingdom work, which is just so cool. Yeah, and it's amazing that I mean I've talked to plenty of non Christians who go and and who oh, yeah. Yeah. enjoy it, and, and the level of production again, it's like a Broadway show. It's yeah. produced to the to excellence. Yeah, and and David right now, I mean, as of this recording, mm -hmm. David is just fantastic. By far, my favorite yeah. show of theirs um, right really? now. Really. Yeah, absolutely. And it's because of the music. Uh, the music yeah. plays such oh. a big part being based in Psalms and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, like yeah. you said, they they take some literary liberties, their creative liberties in, in some of that and filling in some gaps where scripture isn't explicit and things like that, but, but still sure. well done. And I think they're true to the overall um, – the overall narrative and true to the mm -hmm. overall um, purpose, you will, if you will, or, or whatever, you know, to what scripture um, teaches. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, my favorite was still Esther from last year, but, but you're oh. correct. The music from David was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, well, I, we can kind of end here, but, uh, I I still had many more questions to ask you, so <laughs> we can yeah. uh, we can do another episode at some point. We could just be part one, and uh, right where we 
we talked about sight and sound. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so one more thing, how do you want to, what's one new way you're looking to be creative in the future? Oh, uh, well, you in know, your audio. yeah. One of the things we kind of talked about this, you know, just about how we grow as actors, you know, about learning new things and things like that. One of the things I've learned about myself is that, um, with my experience, I would really love to figure out a way how to use this platform, podcasting as a platform for for community outreach at our church. And mm. so what I'm actually hoping to do um, in 2023 is to develop a strategy where we could uh, use it as an outreach tool to create a podcast or a show, a radio show or something. I mean, I know we don't use radios really much, but, you know, something like that, that could creatively, by having guests on, just like what you're doing here, um, sure. but do it from a church platform standpoint where we could talk about this week's teaching or, you know, what's 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 God teaching in your life or what talk about your community outreach and what are you doing as a family, you know, to reach your neighbors or whatever, you know, and that's something that I would love to see us develop, um, next year, uh, for that. Um, and, and, and there's some other things too, you know, on our services and how we would continue to expand our reach, uh, using modern mm -hmm. tools in a way that is still, uh, true to scripture and, and in a way that reaches more people, you know, in, in relevant ways. So the, the conversation of, um, whether or not churches should have online services, I, I know some people have very strong feelings about that, but yep. I, I really think it really helps those who are, who are locked in their houses and who, who may not ever come to a church as their first experience of it, but they watch online and then they come because, something inside clicked with them. Um, I think it's Absolutely. a great opportunity to reach people. Um, and I love that idea. I know a couple churches who have a podcast like that, so I can send you some um, links. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, it's interesting you say that because about people searching. When you go on vacation, you know, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You're you're going to the website, you're checking out the virtual tours, um, looking at the pictures. You know, I want to see, I want to know what to expect before I show up and before I make the investment of, of going to this place for vacation or, or whatever it is. And people are doing the same thing for church. And so it's not only important for us to live stream, but it's also important for us to have a web presence that is welcoming for people that is consistent with what they're going to experience in person. And, and that's going to make a difference because then they know, okay, I can trust this church with my family, or I can trust this church, um, to give me an experience that I'm not going to regret and, and I can watch a service. So I know exactly what's going to be like. They're not, you know, passing rattlesnakes down the aisle or, you know, anything like that, <laughs> but they are, it's enjoyable. It's, it, it captures my attention and it's something that I could do in person. And so absolutely. And podcast is just another way that we can, expand that conversation and go beyond the one hour that we have on Sunday mornings um, and, and, and continue the conversation. So yeah, yeah. hopefully it should be a lot of fun. We'll see, we'll see what we get uh, in 2023. So 
Yeah. I've told you before and I'll tell you again, I, I'm so proud to be part of our church and under both yours and Jones and Dave's and everybody's leadership. Oh, thank you. It's a, it's a, it's a privilege. It's also a calling. And, you know, sometimes we, we think, Lord, is this really what you had in mind for me? And, uh, and, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. we enjoy it. I, I do enjoy what I do and it's a privilege to, to see how God's changing lives and see how God's using our seemingly insignificant work to further his kingdom and just exponentially grow it, which is, which is always fun. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. Sure. Thanks for having me. <laughs>